Hello, all of our beautiful, much-loved freaks and creeps. We have missed you so dearly. I'm Christy Kroll with Auditities and Clitorosities podcast, sitting here with my ever-fantastic, I've missed you so much, Ashley Lynn. I've missed you too. How are you? I'm great. Ish. 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 (laughs) What's the ish? Oh, you know. Women. Women. (laughs) We would like to formally apologize to our beautiful listeners for our uh, brief, not so brief, hiatus. Yeah. We are in the midst of a global pandemic, a plague, if you will, and one of your hostesses, hostesses? Yep. I always feel like a a cupcake when I say that. I'm a hostess. (laughs) One of your hostesses came down with the plague, but I have made a full recovery. Yay. We apologize for the disappearance, but I literally just could not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you were literally, you had it. While we recorded the last episode. I did. We recorded on that Sunday. Yeah. And that Wednesday, I woke up feeling like death. And within two hours of feeling like death, my fever spiked. So that wasn't good. That was crazy. We had a little bit of a freak out there, but Ashley's set. I'm all healed up. I still get really tired, really easy, and I can never get enough sleep. But I'm alive. Yes. Any Uh, more coughing or anything like that? Um, not too bad. Good. Um, not really. Sometimes if I get worked up, like if I start laughing a lot or something, then, you know, sometimes you get that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the smoker's smoker's hack laugh. Right. But, uh, it just keeps going and going and going. And then I'm like, I've got to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately I don't. I think it's going to be a while before that goes away. Oh, absolutely. Um. Did y'all miss us saying that? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or me and my right, right. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm fully expecting it to take a while, especially being that I have asthma. It's like yeah. anything respiratory just sticks to me like uh, white on rice. Well, because whenever I was really sick at the end of February, you know, I, I am so convinced that I had it. Because every single one of my symptoms... The entire, that feeling that you're going to die, like, I mean, that's exactly how I felt. Um, As you know, I did get the antibody test, and it came back negative. But But then, yeah, they said that you're lucky if it lasts for four months, if the antibodies last in your blood for four months. Yeah. Supposedly, they they can only, like, some people, they only last a few weeks. Yeah. And I'm still, I get out of breath very quickly. I do get tired really quick. I have been walking a lot, which works. Oh, good. Um... You know, I've cut out a lot of the super sugary caffeine. Um, I drink more water than I thought humanly freaking possible. Out of your Taylor Cup Cup? Out of my Taylor Cup Cup, yes. Speaking of Taylor Cup Cups, I need to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Eric. I Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. I met him just last night, and I walked into our socially distanced mask-wearing game night party, and this fellow was there, and he goes, hey, is that your Taylor Cup Cup? I would have screamed. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, yeah, I listened to the episode, and I was just getting a kick out of you guys just going back and forth with Taylor Cup Cup. (laughs) 
And oh, I would have asked him for his autograph and been all like, <laughs> first real life fan in my first right now. <laughs> so thank you, Eric, for Thanks. making our night. It gave us a giggle when I told Ashley about it. I did. I shrieked, actually. She did. She squealed. And I don't do that often unless I'm gagged. Then I squeal. And there's some squealing. Christy blushed. <laughs> She got real quiet and she blushed. Just a little bit this time. <laughs> All right. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to keep it pretty simple. Um, basically because we're just kind of getting back into this. So research and a really heavy topic just really wasn't what we needed. So we're going to tell scary fucking stories. True scary fucking stories. True scary fucking stories. These are scary stories that Ashley and I have that we've kind of been, I've been holding on to mine for a while, and hers has just been gradually accumulating. And we really didn't know what category to fit these stories into, because they're not really a ghost story, maybe, not really a time warp time travel kind of thing with mine yeah well i mean mine's very much ghost and demon but one thing we didn't want this podcast to be was one where we just sit around a campfire and tell scary stories no absolutely not glorious and as amazing as that is i just there's so many out there like it um which is kind of where i got my story from um but there's another story that goes along with it that happened to me because um, I did absolutely freak myself out. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we do. We wanted to just keep it relaxed and share these stories with you guys. And we missed you. You ready? I'm so ready. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Ashley's going to take the lead. Yes. And I have, we have not heard each other's. Um, she, nope. she read bits and pieces of my story, but I don't, I don't know that she read it. It's in its entirety. And it's so different whenever... It's told to you. Yes. Like a story is so different whenever it's read and it's told. Now, I have very bad dyslexia, so my reading is not quite on point. I apologize. Um, but, so whenever I first heard of the story, it was on the Scared to Death podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Give them a listen. Yes. They're super amazing. Uh, it's by Dan Cummins and his wife. Um his whole goal in this entire podcast is to literally scare the shit out of her. (laughs) And it is so cute because her reactions to these stories are amazing. Like he'll make a comment in one scary story of a shadow man, how like they were frozen in their steps. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's got a beautiful voice too. So it's so cute to hear her talk. Um, you'll hear her be like, no, what the fuck run? (laughs) It's, you can tell like it's really creeping her out. So definitely listen to them called scared to death podcast um i personally listen to it on spotify but you can get it anywhere um so i have a bad habit of listening to these stories at night when i'm driving by myself um because i drive a lot and i always creep myself out always creep myself out are you constantly having to check the back seat to make sure no one's there that and I have to convince myself to get out of my vehicle to run into my house really quick. <laughs> because once I have the dogs out, I'm fine. Once I unlock that door and grunts next to me, I'm fine. I can conquer the world. I'm no longer a little scared bitch. But before that, I'm like knees to chest in it and 
heavy breathing As to my back door. should be. Right. I literally watched an episode of Forensic Files today. Yeah. Where this woman was literally, her and her husband got in a fight. She walked out the door, got in her car. They didn't see her ever again. Her whole family. Oh my God. And based on the forensics of the dirt found on her clothing, she was killed in her driveway. No. She walked out of her house and was killed. Now, of course, it was her husband, but oh. the fact still <laughs> remains she was killed in her driveway. Oh, it's like a stranger hunt. He yeeted her right in her driveway. She'd been being stalked for months. Turned out it was by her husband. <gasps> I've seen oh, that you one. Saw that one. I have. I have. Oh. Oh. Okay. Sorry. My screen went black. <laughs> We've just scared ourselves already that we're alarmed by screens darkening. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm so excited. So this story, um, it is, it's about the Screaming House in Union, Missouri. And there's actually a book about it. Um, it is written by the person that lived there. Um, and it's titled The Screaming House of Union, Missouri. Um, and it's written by Stephen Lachance. Um, you can find it on Amazon. I do believe that there, um, I think there's a, they said that there's a movie about it. I haven't looked into oh. that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch the movie because I feel like it's going to ruin what I have seen. All right. So I'm reading this in his point of view. Um, this is what he had submitted before he wrote his book. Do you believe in ghosts? I used to be like many of you. I was a true skeptic, a true disbeliever. That was me until three years ago. Now I do believe. I wish I didn't. It would be easier for me to sleep at night. Even now, three years later, I am still woke up in the middle of the night by the memory of the screaming man, the children in pain, the dark ghostly image that turned my world upside down and changed my beliefs forever. Now I do believe in ghosts. Ooh, yeah. I'm already getting the... I know. I'm, like, looking at the open blinds behind you going, I really need to close those. No, cause... you don't leave them open. Oh. Cause, only because I can't see them. <laughs> ah, so you just want to play off of my emotions. Yes. <laughs> All right. It was May 2001. I needed desperately to find a place for myself and three children to live in Union, Missouri. Our lease was up at the apartment that we had for about two years. I was a single father... And I was about to find myself and my children homeless. Like many, I had answered just about every ad in the newspaper for rentals. One evening, I received a call from this woman telling me about this house. She said it was a rather large old house, but it was in very good shape. She invited me to an open house that was going to be held that coming Sunday. Sunday rolled around. You can't imagine the surprise when my daughter and I rolled up to the front of this large, old, white house. We walked in. The smell of cookies baking hit us immediately upon entering the front door. To my surprise, we were standing in the living room with cherubs surrounding the top of the walls all the way around the room. All of the original woodwork was intact. A large wooden pole ran through the ceiling, created a divider which separated the living room from the family room. The house had two floors with three bedrooms, a large family kitchen with a mud room that led to the back door. The oh, upstairs, charming. yes, it's. I mean, and it's. It sounds like a very beautiful house. The upstairs bedrooms had a breezeway that could be accessed from all rooms. The basement had an old butcher's shower and a fruit cellar. 
that was more house than we ever had imagined for the price and immediately made up our minds that we had to have it. Anyone who has lived in an apartment for two years with three children would understand our desperation. Oh God. We had to have this house. I live in an apartment with three animals, and that's a lot. Yes. So they had said on the podcast, this was in 2001. Okay. A three-bedroom, two-bath with a cellar, a fully done basement, a big backyard, and a big front yard. The rent was only $600. What? In 2001. Right. Madness. Yeah. But that's way lower than it should have been in 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's before the housing market and everything crashed in 2008. So immediately, like, that house seems way too good to be true. But it was perfect, you know? So they had to get into it. We spoke to the landlady, and she gave me an application to fill out. There were many people there looking at the house, so we knew we would have to compete to be its tenants. I handed the application to the landlady. You understand the responsibility that comes in an old house such as this, she asked. Oh, yes, I understand. It's very beautiful, I replied quickly. Not understanding what I was agreeing to. Well, then I will get back to you, she quickly resorted, and was peddled off to go to the other uh, the other house hunters. Did you tell me this story? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> go ahead. I think... Just go ahead. I don't... <laughs> okay. I'm having a deja vu right now, and I don't know if it's because I'm having a deja vu or if, if I've heard, the story heard this before. I don't know. It just... I got the goosies, and I... It's too early. Nothing scary has happened yet. It's the deja vu, man. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. I know. All right. So she was a strange old lady, and the way that she showed us the house wasn't in a real real estate type manner. She showed us the house more as if she was showing a museum. We felt like we were in one of those house tours that were often given every year for charity. A week went by before the phone rang one evening. It was the strange landlady overly excited to tell me that she had selected me, my daughter, and two sons to live in the old house. I was to meet her the following day at a restaurant to settle all the paperwork and payment. I thought this was a little strange, and I was a little disappointed because I couldn't wait to see the house that would now become our new home. The papers were signed the following day. That weekend was Memorial Day weekend. We were all set to move in. It seemed like years before Friday came that week, but we were finally there. Moving day. The move was a normal one, and before we knew it, all of our belongings were hidden safely inside the old white house. Pause. So, when they start reading this in Scared to Death, that I forgot to open with, I could have, they only lasted 13 days in this house. My favorite number. Yes. They only lasted 13 days. Um, They successfully moved out and relocated three weeks after signing the papers. Right. So, hint, hint. Shit's about to go down. It's going down. (laughs) I was removing the last few items from the moving truck when a car slowed down, almost stopping in front of our new home. From the window of the slow-moving car, a passenger said, I hope you get along okay here, and then sped up and drove off. What do you think of that, Dad? My puzzled daughter asked. Friendly neighbors, I suppose. I replied as I shut the sliding door to the truck. 
The first night in the house went by without fanfare. Maybe because we were so tired from the move, or perhaps because the house wanted to draw us in a little bit closer before beginning its series of attacks and assaults upon me and my family. The next morning started like most any other day, except I did notice one strange thing in the house. Each of the house's interior doors had an old-fashioned hook and eye latch, but not on the inside of the doors to keep someone out. The latches were actually on the outside of the rooms to keep someone in. What's that, Dad? My youngest son asked from behind. Oh, nothing, I replied, and went about business unpacking our things. So they had locks on every one of the bedroom doors on the outside to keep whatever's inside locked in. And it was the hook and eye latch. So those you had to, like, bust the door frame to get out, get out of. Where have I heard this story? I don't know, but you're freaking out. It's trying to freak me out, and I don't like it. Get your shit together. <laughs> Maybe you saw the movie. I was about to say, did you see the movie? I don't know. We're going to have to figure out what the name of the movie was. I think it's called The Screening, <laughs> Screaming House of Union, Missouri. Or The Screaming House. No, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm you're just stressing like, me out. I'm, I'm in a deja vu right now that will not stop. How do you think I feel? Do I need to slap you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll snap out of it. It's fine. Just carry on with me. Okay. All right. The first incident happened in the living room, and I was hanging a large picture of two angels. My daughter thought that this would complement the cherubs. What is I've heard this story, and it's freaking me out. I'm trying really hard to keep together. I'm sorry. What Um, happens? I Do don't know? know. It's just as it's happening, I'm like, I've lived this before. I know what's happening. I've heard this before. I don't know what's coming next, Ashley, but I'm experiencing it as it's happening. And I, as I've experienced it before. I'm also experiencing it as it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. I just had to fuck with you because uh, that was perfect. <laughs> okay. Fuck me. I can't. Just... just. So we're going to start again. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. No, it's quite all right. It's entertaining. (laughs) The first incident happened in the living room when I was hanging a large picture of two angels. My daughter thought that this would complement the cherubs that surrounded that room. I hung the pictures and turned away. Crash. I turned to see the picture had fallen on the floor. Rehanging the picture, I turned away once again. Crash. The picture once again was on the floor. Hanging it a third time, when I started walking away, I felt a rush of air and something hit the back of my ankles. What the hell? I turned around to see the picture laying at my feet. More determined than ever, I hung the picture again and shouted loudly, Stay there, damn it! I had left because I was alone. Who was I talking to? The kids were playing on the front porch. Dad, come here and see this. My daughter's voice rang out from the front door. I stepped onto the porch. Sit down and watch this, she said excitedly. Watch what, I replied. No sooner were the words out of my mouth when my daughter pointed at an old man walking down the sidewalk towards our house. However, when he reached our property, he quickly crossed the street and continued his walk on the opposite side of the sidewalk. They don't like, walk, they don't like walking in front of our house, Dad. Isn't that weird? My daughter, breathlessly with, excite, with excitement, stated, And right, she was. I sat on the porch for a good three hours watching our neighbor cross the street away from our house anytime they had to go in front of it. The couple of times I motioned to say hello, but they just dropped their heads and continued their way at a brisker pace. 
Maybe they're uncomfortable with new neighbors, I rationalized, trying to make sense of this senseless situation. We went inside for dinner, and the rest of the night went normal without incident. Sunday. The kids came home from church, excited because we had set aside the whole day to work on our yard. This was a big deal for, for us because the only outside area at our apartment was the front balcony. We mowed the grass and cleaned out the leaves from under the porch in the front yard. Strangely enough, trees seemed to be shedding their leaves as if it were fall. Strange behavior, I thought, and made a mental note to mention it to the landlady whenever I talked with her through text. Because remember, it's May. I asked my youngest son to go inside and bring out the garden hose from the basement so we could clean off the walkways and wash down the weathered white old house. A few minutes passed when I heard him scream from the inside of the house. Running frantically into the house, I found him standing in the kitchen shaking in the middle with a puddle of urine. What's wrong? What happened? Looking at me with the scared eyes of a child, he said, something chased me up the basement steps. What chased you? I asked. Already thinking it over in an act of imagination and the little boy was trying to play here. I don't know, Daddy, but it was big. Me and my other two children checked out the basement and found nothing except for a garden hose that had been dropped during his frightened escape. Let's get you cleaned up, I said. Naturally, there was teasing from my other children about the proverbial basement monster. Better watch out whenever you go into the basement. The glare of my eye finished my middle boy's sentence. The rest of Sunday and Monday went on without incident, and we were happy that those first we were happy with those first two days in the house. My daughter was making plans about gardens, decorating, and my boys were making it would thought it would be easy to walk to their baseball games because the park was so close. It was a normal, happy time, which unfortunately did not last long. <laughs> would like to take a moment to apologize for my <laughs> borderline panic attack we just had there. Uh, we did a little research and it turns out that the, what it's called, the Screaming House? Yes. Was featured on an episode of Discovery Channel's Haunting, the episode called Fear House, a show of which I've seen every episode of. So... Now you know where you heard the story. Now I know where I've heard the story, and I can just sit back and relax and hear it all over again. Yes. So I do want to kind of add in a little excerpt. Please do. Whenever I was listening to this story, I was driving from um, Houston, which is where we reside, um, out to Floresville um, over by San Antonio for my uncle's funeral. Um, my uncle is a funeral, he was a funeral director, so he was a fellow creepy kid. Um, but I was driving there, it was very late at night, it was going from pouring down rain to just complete darkness. There were very little street lights, and it was a very, very small highway. So it was definitely creepy, and it made it amazing. What was your uncle's name? His name was Paul. Paul? Yes. I think that we should dedicate this episode to Paul. He would love it. Hail Paul. Hail Paul. <laughs> Hail Uncle Paul. All right. So, let's continue. We're on Monday, which is um, day four, I believe, in the house. Monday came, the last week of school for the kids, a long week of work for me. Each day, we would leave the house and return each evening to find every single light in the house turned on. I blame the children for leaving the house on in the morning. Leaving the lights on in the morning. 
However, on Friday, my daughter and I sent all the boys to the car while we turned out every single light to make sure that they were actually turned off. That night, we returned home home again to find every light burning. When I walked into the house, I was a little shaken. There had been no logical reason for all the lights to being on other than the fact that somebody was in our house. Searching the house in a panic, I found nothing. Daddy, it's cold in here, my daughter stated from the living room. What she was what was she talking about? Sweat was pouring down my back and across my brow. However, whenever I stepped into the living room, the temperature dropped a good 30 degrees. That was the first time I felt its presence. I can't describe it any better than it felt like an electrical current running through my body, bringing tears to my eyes and bumps to my arms. It passed very quickly. I remember thinking, what the hell was that? Soon, my daughter, my daughter stated, Daddy, it's getting really warm in here. And sure enough, the temperature was rising as I watched the thermostat climb. That night, my children slept with me. What little sleep I actually got. Sunday night. We were sitting in the living room talking. I was getting ready to take a trip the following morning to Indianapolis for work. And we were discussing our plans to stay at Grandma's. The kids had their bags, their bags in the living room for which I'm still thankful for because the memory of what happened still haunts me to this very day. I noticed in the corner, I noticed it out of the corner of my eye for the very first time, a quick glance, something moving, standing in the kitchen doorway that led to the family room, not something, someone. I looked towards it again. It was a dark figure of a man, even though there was full light. He was solid in form, except there was moving, churning, dark gray smoke or mist that made up his actual form. I looked down because I was sure I wasn't seeing... I looked down because I I was sure I wasn't seeing this and that my eyes were actually playing tricks on me. One or two good rationalizations and we can go on with our lives without incident. A few moments passed and I was sure that when I looked up again that it would be gone, but... He was actually still there, and he began to move. Moving into the family room and pausing in the center of the room, his form was still a mass of churning, turning blackness. He stood there for what seemed like an eternity, but when actually it was only a few moments, and then he melted into the air. Gone. I remember the thoughts that were racing through my head. I have two choices. We could run out of the house screaming into the night, like those crazies you always see in the movies, you know, the ones that are based all on fact, or the other choice. We could get up quietly, leave the house, and figure all of this out. My hands were shaking uncontrollably. That's what we'll do. We'll go quietly, orderly, as if nothing was wrong. Standing up on shaking legs, I said in my calmest daddy voice, let's go get a soda and see grandma. My youngest was instantly excited at the prospect of a soda before bed, and the older two looked at me as if I had absolutely lost my mind. Come on, guys, it'll be fun. Thank God my car keys were on the coffee table in front of us. We moved orderly out of the front door. I turned the lock on the door when a loud, painful scream of a man Mm -hmm. came from inside the house. It sounded as if he was screaming in pain, so loud that it could be heard throughout the neighborhood and the dogs actually began to bark. To hell with orderly. Get in the car, I screamed at the kids. At a dead run, we headed to the car and to the drive to my mom's house, which is still a blur to this day. I was in such a panic, and I knew we had to get away from that old white house. I know. Do you see my (laughs) goosey? I do. 
But before we were away from the neighborhood, my youngest son, in a very scared voice, said, Daddy, the basement monster is standing up in the upstairs window. I looked back, and sure enough, the black form there was standing in the window watching us. That night, we stayed at my parents' house. Early that day, I gathered my things and left for a business trip. I had a whole week of rationalizations by the time I returned, to, I returned home to pick up my children. Where else were we to go? I had everything I had saved and then some into that move. We had no other choice but to go back to that big old white house. Besides, after a week of, ta- of talking myself out of the events of that night, I was ready to return. So on Friday night, we returned to the house. The weekend went by without incident, though we all got very little sleep. I was taking another extended week to make up, make up. I was taking another extended weekend to make it up to my kids for my week away. On Saturday, we explored the big shed in the back of the yard, and in it, we found a number of personal belongings that appeared to belong to different people. My mother convinced me that maybe. It wouldn't be such a bad idea to call the strange old landlady and ask her straightforward questions about the house. It was one of my most awkward, strange phone calls in my life. Once I was able to reach her, I carefully chose my words and asked in a normal voice if any previous tenants had ever mentioned a ghost. Well, of course, she said at first, and then she said she couldn't remember. However, she went on to say that one female tenant claimed that her dead father came to visit her but the old woman always thought she was crazy. The landlady said that some of the stuff in the shed had belonged and been left behind to the girl. But she couldn't get her to ever come pick it up. The girl refused to come back to the house. The other stuff in the shed belonged to a man who had lived there and left in the middle of the night, leaving behind every single one of his things. But, no, she had never heard of anyone talking about the house being haunted. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I asked her how long ago did these people live there. She said, not much more than a year, honey. Why do you ask? That phone call wasn't much help. To say the least. (laughs) Right. And it didn't (laughs) calm any of my fears much, but what else could I do? The rest of the long weekend came and went. I had actually convinced myself that it was just a one-time ordeal because nothing more had happened. That was until Monday night. I was on the phone with my mom. The kids were off playing in my bedroom, which was located on the first floor. While on the floor, I began to hear the inside doors rattling. Listening closely, they rattled again, and I yelled at the kids to quit playing games. I told my mom that everything was okay. It was just the kids playing tricks. It rattled again, this time much harder. So I scolded the children, this time loud, to behave and stop playing tricks. At this time, they rattled louder. But before I could scold my daughter's voice... But before I could scold, my daughter's scared voice cut me off. Daddy, I'm in here reading and my brothers are asleep. Oh. Now I will try to recreate what happens to the best of my ability. Oh, no. Some of it I remember very clearly. Other parts are blurry to this day. Just as soon as I heard my daughter, the temperature in the house instantly dropped a good 30 degrees. With it came the feeling of the electrical charge running through my body. Along with its energy, a horrible screech that I cannot describe permeated the room. And then the screaming started, softly at first, but building in momentum. I loud through the phone to my mother to come help. We were getting out. Then the whole house began to shake and come alive. 
From above, I could hear something large coming down the stairs. Boom, boom, boom. The screaming of the man over and over and over again. The screaming of my daughter. Daddy, what's happening? Along with this came through one of my two bedroom doors connected to the stairs. Boom, boom. It was coming down those stairs. I had to get my children out. That's what she said. (laughs) The whole house was alive with noise. The floor beneath me was shaking as I made my way to the bedroom door. I felt something behind me. I knew I didn't want to turn around and see it. Boom, screaming. A new scream mixed in with the man scream. This one was from my child. Boom, screams. Boom. I made it to my bedroom door, but the door would not open. But this time, too, I am screaming. I throw myself against the door. Still, it wouldn't budge. I continued to throw myself against the door again and again and again, and finally it slammed open. My daughter was in shock at this point. I instructed my middle son to grab his brother and run out of the house and head for the car. More booms and more screams. My daughter wouldn't move. Finally, I had to slap her to bring her to life. See, I told you slapping works. Uh, (laughs) finally responding i grab her and head to the door as i hear another bedroom door slam behind us it was hot on our tail i knew it just i couldn't let it reach us the whole house was shaking alive with alive with noise and something very big on our heels when we reached the front door out on the porch i slammed the front door behind us as we got in the car i could hear the screaming noise from inside the house I drove away and parked to the top of the street where we could see the house and wait for my parents to arrive. We could see, quote, it searching through the house, searching, searching for us. The blackness was moving from room to room to room, methodically looking for things inside. That was our last night in the house. My children never returned. When I returned to get a few of our things on several occasions, I never went alone. Everyone I brought into the house with me would also witness things that happened. A scream, whispers, pounding on the floors above. It was not, it was not selective anymore at who, we would, who would let it hear its fury. I remember what the old lady said to me as I turned over the key. Standing there, the whole set of my arm and torso still bruised from throwing myself against the bedroom door. She said, some people are meant to live in an old house like that, and some people aren't. I never thought you were an old house type. And I guess she was right. Then why'd she give him the lease? Right. Rude. About a month after moving out, uh, out of the old house, a friend sent me a website address about what she desperately wanted me to see. Put John T. Crow Union Misery into your search engine, she said. When I did, the face of an old man came into the screen. The same face that showed up in a picture my brother took in the fruit cellar one afternoon while I was packing for a movie. For the move. The man was famous. (laughs) The land itself was famous with history dating back to Civil War. So this guy right here, we have a picture. This guy is the face that popped up and his brother took a picture of the basement and that picture i mean that face was in that picture yikes um Um, no thank you about a year ago someone i know saw a police car race up to that house one night and witnessed a family running out of the front door in their night clothes as far as the house today the old lady turned it into a dog kennel this past fall i guess she ran out of (laughs) i guess she ran out of people to live in an old white house like that one. 
You see, I do believe in ghosts. I still drive past that house every once in a while, and when I get enough nerve to look up the stairs in the window, it's there, watching, waiting, angry. Sometimes it screams at me. Sometimes it screams to wake me from my sleep. It's infectious. Scream creeping in. Oh, it's it's infectious scream creeping into my dream, turning them into nightmares. I still don't sleep very well. In my dreams, I see a faceless man standing at the basement, washing away the blood from his naked, blood-covered body, grunting, panting, and breathing. The breathing you'd hear when you were alone in a room. The breathing you hear when you knew it was there. Heavy, labored breathing. Yes, I do believe in ghosts. Do you? Maybe you should. Fuck. Right. (laughs) Oh my god. So, there's a couple... That was basically the summary of the story. Um, When there's a few little stories in and out that are in his book. One of them is when they were outside um, doing their yard work. The youngest son... Um, went back down into the basement and you know where he saw his basement monster. Mm -hmm. So he went back down into the basement and he came up screaming again. It was a couple days later and his dad finally asked him, you know, like, what does the monster look like? Like, what does it look like? And the kid said like a clown. Oh. And so, you know, Mm -mm. of course Mm -mm. that immediately, because they were talking about that on that podcast, that immediately shuts me off. Right. Yup. Okay. Now to my personal, (laughs) issue with this story. So I'm listening to this story and I am on a suggestion of a street. It is a county road. There are no lights a down suggestion. it. Yes. <laughs> it is gravel. Um it's single. Like it's one lane. One not one lane coming and going. It is one lane. There are no street lights. There are no houses. It's lined with trees and it's pitch black. It had been raining, and whenever it rains in a more arid climate like that, instead of here where everything gets really loud, everything actually goes underground and it's silent. Ooh, so yeah, eerie. so the story right before that one on the on the scared to death podcast that I was listening to was about black eyed children. Uh uh-uh. uh Those scare me the the fuck out of me because kids creep me out. So those were, I would <laughs> judo chop a child in the face. Like I, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> freak me out. Can you? <sighs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> judo chop yes black eyed children no <laughs> anyways so I'm listening to it I feel like I'm going to have a stroke freaking out you know like super creeped out so I get at the end of this county road and I'm starting to turn on highway 31 and as soon as I get to the stop sign because you know there's not actual street lights like traffic lights I get to the stop sign I have my window down because it feels great outside and my radio loses connection and everything goes silent. Oh no. In the middle of oh, that story. Hell no. Yeah. So whenever they were actually helping, like when the parents and family were helping them move, they saw a black shadowed figure crouching up in the big oak tree that was in that front yard. Oh no. Yeah. And so there is nothing <laughs> so your but down. fucking trees and my windows oh, down and everything's no. silent. So I immediately skits the fuck out, right? Um, so I had called one of my many friends that I knew would be up early late la- that night. She's great to talk to on the phone during long drives. Her name's Kimberly. I've talked to her. I've talked about her before on here. 
So I call her and I'm like, look, I've scared the shit out of myself. Like, I'm all creepy. Like, I need you to talk to me so I can get out of my head. So she, of course, laughs at me. And because I'm a creepy kid, of course, like, how am I going to get scared? But it was just everything was, it was the perfect storm for it. So it she asked a me, lot to creep us out. But it really when it does. does, it's like all bets it's are intense. off. Yeah. It's madness. So I call her to calm my nerves because I feel like I'm having a stroke and an anxiety attack <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> And she asked me where I where I was, what I was driving on, because she travels between San Antonio and Corpus all the time. And I told her I was on Highway 31. And she's like, oh, I have a fun story about that highway. She's like, I know exactly where you're at. Emphasis on fun. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm ready. Tell me. <laughs> so her and one of her friends were watching, they watched the movie Insidious that mm-hmm. night. And she's on her way home. It's about 11 o'clock at night. She's driving down Highway 31, and there is a group of cars in front of her, and there's a group of cars behind her, and they're all just driving down the highway. Well, they get to this one point, uh, this one part, and they see cars parked on the side of the road with all of their lights flashing. And all of a sudden, all the cars in front of her, behind her, and her cars, the dash lights come on. The dome light starts flashing, the car starts driving really really weird, and all the cars in line, they're all acting like this. All the electronics are going insane. Um, So they pull over, because you can't drive your car until it's an electric steering, you know? Like, you got to be careful. So they all pull over. Not even two or three minutes later, all of a sudden, everybody's car starts acting perfect. Cars are acting normal. Everybody pulls back on the highway, doesn't really think anything about it, and goes home. So, immediately, I think a down power line, you know, because sometimes when transformers blow, it can make stuff go crazy. Some kind of weird magnetic something. I don't know. We're skeptics first. Yes. So, the next day, her friend texted her and was like, hey, did you make it home okay? And she's like, yeah. And he said, you know, did you see the lights? And she was like, well, I mean, yeah, cars are acting funny, but like, what lights are you talking about? And he was all like, oh, the ambulance lights. A priest died on the highway. Oh, no. Right. Oh. And that's exactly where all those lights were going crazy. Spooky, and they were. Spooky. Yeah. Like, uh-uh. Nope. So I, t- I told her, I was like, thank you. Now I am going to have a stroke. And <laughs> I called you to calm me the fuck down. And you tell me a creepy fucking story. And, and of like, course, it's after your radios right. like, just stops. And Yes. And it's like. Oh, bitch, I didn't even realize that. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't realize oh, that. Oh, I'm so glad, too. <laughs> oh, my god, That didn't even click to me. That's how freaked out I was, because usually I oh, pick up little things you like were, that. You were there. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I was all into it. I was stupid blonde girl running upstairs to hide in a closet while being chased by a slasher killer okay Lori strode <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i was like, i'm gonna hide in this wicker closet <laughs> <laughs> under these wire hangers <laughs> so yeah it was it was definitely spooky so what do you think that was like what the deal was with the priest like do you think that that was just like his energy kind of hanging around or do you think that there was some kind of maybe demonic activity like oh let's go get them boys like i don't know i mean it could have been a little bit of all of it you know i mean that so that stretch of land especially late at night there i was on it for maybe like 12 or 13 miles and i saw two cars oh 
And it was like between 9 and 10.30. I don't know the exact time, but it was, I mean, it was later. And so there are not a lot of people down there. So the fact that, you know, there was all the cars stopped on the side and, you know, the little cluster of her cars and they were all flashing at the same time. Like, it was definitely something. Something And then to find out that. Yeah. So, um, for proof that, you know, because everybody can say, like, ooh, super creepy. You a know, priest died. Electronics going bad and a priest died. Um, she actually sent me proof uh, because, again, it's good to be skeptics first. Um, so she did actually send me proof about this priest, um, how it happened. Let's see. A local priest killed in a car accident Monday night. Um, Father Mike Jordan. Um, they said he lived a great life of service. Um, you know, his life came to a sudden end. The accident happened at 9.35 Monday on Highway I-37. I was wrong. I thought it was 31. I'm not from that area, so the highways are super... I, I think you were close. It was an odd number. It was right. in the 30s. Right. Um, in South Atascosha County. I think I'm saying that right. Atascosha County. Sounds right. Yeah. I trust your judgment. <laughs> at mile marker 91. Um, a tractor trailer veered off the road to the right and then tried to re-enter the roadway but overturned. That's when the four-door sedan driven by Father Jordan struck the tractor trailer. The priest was pronounced dead at the scene and the tractor trailer oh. driver was not injured. That so, is... I mean, and that was that was that night. That's like my biggest fear. Like two hours later, she drove past there and that's when the cars went crazy. Mm-mm. Right? Nope. That's a big fucking mm-hmm. nope. Nope, with a capital N. Right. Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine that happening? You driving by yourself on a very dark, long, silent highway and all your shit just going crazy. Oh, I can imagine. I've had that dream before. No, but this happened in real life. (laughs) No, this was one of my dream journal dreams. Like, this was one of my dreams that I remembered. Like, I can still picture it in my head like a movie that I've seen a thousand times. Yeah? What happened after it? Uh, (laughs) I went to the lights. Like, there was, I was going down this, like, gravelly, bumpy road out in the middle of all these trees, and I was going really, really, really fast, and I couldn't slow down, and my car was essentially going, and I couldn't stop it, and the lights all in my car were freaking out like crazy, and I saw all these lights up ahead like a bunch of sirens, and the closer I got to it, all of a sudden, my truck, I was still driving my truck at the time that I had this dream. My truck, like, hit a bump or, like, a levee or something, and my truck just started spinning, 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 spinning towards these flashing lights, and as soon as I got to the lights, I woke up. I'm pretty sure you almost got abducted by aliens. I'm pretty sure I did, because there was, like, I like, sensed... That's what it sounds like. I sensed that there was something, like, keeping speed with my car right. the whole time, and I was like okay, I don't, I don't want to slow down because I feel like something's following me, but I also want to slow down because I'm not controlling this. It was very terrifying. So I can't imagine that actually happening in (laughs) like coherent, but I have experienced it and it wasn't pleasant. Yeah. And that was in dreamland. Right. Yeah. No, I'd be freaked the fuck out. I think I'd be much more creeped out after I found out what happened oh yeah at that spot definitely yeah 
I mean, and she she could tell like what spot it was because it even says what mile marker it happened at. So she was right in that area. Mile marker ninety one. And apparently, I was in that area whenever she told me the fucking story. <laughs> I was like, which was that was just rude, Kimberly. Damn it, <laughs> Kimberly. She's a Virgo, so that oh. she got a good <laughs> kick out of it. She thought it was funny. Oh, I love Virgos so I know. much. So my story is called The Lady in White. It was actually an experience that my great-grandmother had on my mom's side. That's amazing. Yeah, this this shit's in my blood, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get away from it. Um, I would like to um, not apologize in advance, but just kind of give a heads up that I might stumble on some words or take me a moment because it's handwritten, it's hand, first of all. Yeah, it's handwritten. My my great-grandmother hand-wrote this, and my mom uh, photocopied it for me. So it's a little... A, it's an absolutely beautiful cursive. And B, it's, you know, someone else's handwriting yeah. that's been photocopied. <laughs> so while it's super, super cool, and I'm so unbelievably thrilled that I'm in possession of this... It's still kind of uh, bumpy to get through. Yep. So, the lady in white. She wrote this down October 4th, 1989. So this was three years and two days before I was born <laughs> that she wrote it. That was February, March, April, May, June, July. Uh, eight months after I was born. Math. Because <laughs> I was born in February of 89. So cool. And this is just when she wrote it. The incident actually happened in 1972. That's crazy. All right. The Lady in White by my great granny. <laughs> I never did believe in ghosts or such things. Oh, another one. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't know if I believe in them. Had it not been for an eerie dream and experience I had in 1972... I may still smile and say tish tish to ghost stories and unexplained happenings. This dream I had and the experience I had shortly thereafter still make my blood run cold and goosebumps pop out all over me. And when I dare to even think about it, much less talk about it. For years, I couldn't talk about it because it scared me so much. I finally got up enough courage to tell Linda and Charlotte. Linda was my nanny, my grandmother. Okay. And Charlotte was her, um, is her best friend. Okay. Um, my nanny is deceased, but my Aunt Charlotte is still alive. How about your great-grandmother? My great-grandmother is deceased as well. Okay. Um, she passed when I was four. Okay. And my nanny died um, eight years ago, almost to the day, like um, late July. And y'all had a strong spiritual connection. Very correct? much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, yes, um, tell Linda and Charlotte about it one day while we were sitting out on my patio discussing things that have no explanation at all, which is really cool that they did that because now we do that. Right. Like, you're my Charlotte. Oh, uh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just weld. I literally weld. Oh. I'm happy to be your Charlotte. If 
if if you beautiful listeners only knew like the relationship that I had with my Nani and now this beautiful relationship that I have with Ashley, it's that was a very touching moment that y'all just got to be a part of. Right. Raw. You're that was very raw. <laughs> I, got, I got a little misty. I know. Oh okay. <laughs> I had my goosebumps pop up that day too. I am writing this down because it is the truth, and it really did happen to me. It started with a dream. No more, just a dream. A nightmare. A really bad, scary nightmare. So scary, I awoke in a cold sweat. Even after I knew I was fully awake, I had a difficult time deciding if my dream was really a dream, or was it real? It seemed so real then. Every little detail seemed real in that dream. I was so scared I could not get back to sleep, even though I was snuggled up close beside my husband. So close to the warmth of his body and the steady rise and fall of his breathing as he slept peacefully beside me. Told me I was safe now from that horrible nightmare that I had just had. I did not awaken my husband, nor did I tell him until years later about what happened. What is that word, Granny? (laughs) Uh, What happened to me that day and told Linda and Charlotte. Oh, Granny, I don't know what your notes say. I'll say we're going off. We're going off. (laughs) She wrote something like in the margin, in the margin. I can't read it. What do you know what that says? Mm, he listened, maybe? That sounds right. Good job, Papal. <laughs> Good job listening to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I dreamed. My nightmare. The lady in white. <clears throat> I was dreaming I was in my bed asleep while my husband also asleep. I dreamed I woke up and there in the bedroom with me and my sleeping husband was a lady dressed in a white uniform standing by my husband's chest of drawers. Her uniform was that of a nurse or a waitress, all white with white hose and white low-heeled shoes. Her hair was pulled straight back from her face. Her ears showed and was knotted low on the back of her head in a very tight bun. Her hair was a salt and pepper gray, more salt than pepper, but still dark enough to see that she had been a brunette in her younger years. This lady, in my dream, seemed to be in her mid-sixties. She was of a big bone build, not fat, just a tall, large woman. She's so eloquent. She is. Very PC. I know. (laughs) Her face, like her body, was long and large with very, very expressive dark eyes. As she stood there going through my husband's drawer, I moved my hand very slowly toward my sleeping husband to awaken him. When I did this, the lady in white turned toward me and shook her head very slowly. No, no, at me. I moved my hand back. She continued her search in the drawer. Again, I felt fear and very slowly started to move my 
move closer to my sleeping husband. This time she turned toward me, put her hands on her hips, and just stood there by the chest looking at me. Slowly I moved away from my husband and back to my side of the bed. Again, she turned to the chest and searched in the drawers. I lay still and just watched her for a while. Out of my fright of her, I again attempted to move closer to my sleeping husband. If, okay, if I ever have some kind of shenanigans like this, like, I better hope Omar's a light sleeper. Like, <laughs> if our cat can wake him up in the morning, hopefully my creeping little hand can. Right. I would just creep and then pinch the fuck out of him. Pinch be like, him. Wake up. Help me. <laughs> this time she turned quickly around to face me, left hand on her hip. She pointed at me with her right hand. She shook her fingers at me and she shook her head very slowly. No, no, from side to side. The look from her dark eyes was fierce and scared me. I lay still as she turned back to his back to her searching. I knew I had to awaken my husband so he could help me. So I quickly sat up in bed and reached over for him. Immediately, she was beside our bed on my husband's side of the bed with both hands on her hips, glaring down at me with those dark eyes as she shook her head, no, no. I was terrified. She just stood there over us, her face a stormy mask. She motioned me to lie down. I did. There she stood over us, hands on hips with her expressive eyes saying, don't you dare wake him up. She stood there a long time, hands on hips, looking down at me. Then once again, she pointed at me with her right hand and shook her finger at me over and over and over. I lay still. She turned and walked back over to the chest and continued her search in my husband's drawers. Each time I... <laughs> my husband's drawers. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry, Granny. <laughs> each time I made a move toward to wake my sleeping oh, each time I made a move toward my sleeping husband, the same pattern was repeated. From chest to bed she came, hands on hips, then shaking her finger at me, and she would slowly shake her head no no at me. Out of my fear and her finally out of my fear of her, I finally lay still and just watched her. At last, she shut the drawer, came back to the side of the bed, and just stood there looking down at me. I looked back at her, but did not move. Again, she shook her head, no, no. Then she turned as if to leave the room. When she got to the bedroom door, she stopped, looked at me, shook her finger at me, and her head, no, no. Then she turned and was gone down the hall. I sat up immediately and reached to awaken my husband. Before I could even touch him, she was beside our bed again, shaking her finger at me furiously. Again, I lay down. What a bitch, right? <laughs> As she stood there by our bed, hands on hips, with her face a stormy mask again, I knew I was not to awaken my husband even when she left. Finally, and mercifully, mer mercifully, she did leave. 
I heard the sound of her shoes as she walked across my den and kitchen floors. Still has the original tile, by the way. My papa lives there. Aww. So, fun fact. I can hear heels clicking on that tile. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Then I heard the kitchen door shut, more footsteps. Then I heard the outside garage door slam shut. Fun fact. We have, there's like this little wooden goose on the wall next to that garage door. Yeah. That says back door guests are best. (laughs) My papa doesn't use the front door. (laughs) The lady in white with her hair pulled straight back in a bun at the back of her head and shoes piercing and those piercing dark eyes was gone. End of dream. I woke up in a cold sweat. Was that a dream or was it real? My husband slept peacefully beside me. Yes, it was just a dream, but it was so scary I could not go back to sleep. I lay there, wide awake until morning, but only after I moved closer to my sleeping husband. Now comes the part of my story that really scared me. Pause. So, this house that this happened at is the same house that my mom saw that cloaked yes thing going down the hallway. That's right. Then she went to the back bedroom and Granny and my nanny didn't know what she was talking about. It's the same house. Oh, man. We'll have to go visit my papa one day, yeah. Ashley. <laughs> so, this is the part of the story that really scared my Granny. My son and his family lived in San Antonio, Texas. Again with San Antonio. Oh my gosh, I didn't even mean to connect our stories tonight. Right. What a trip. (laughs) Uh, While he was in the Air Force. My husband and I were on our way to see them and our new grandson not too long after my dream. We'd gotten up early and had gone on far, gone as far as Hallettsville. 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 When we stopped to eat breakfast, we seated. Uh, we seated ourselves in a booth, and a girl brought us a menu. Across the room from us, four men were seated at a table. When the girl came back, we gave her our order. She took our menus and walked across the room toward the counter to get our coffee. My eyes followed her across the room, but when she got to the counter where the coffee pot sat, I froze. My blood ran cold. The goosebumps came. I could not speak, only stare. Standing there beside the girl that took our order was the lady in white, with her salt and pepper hair pulled back from her face and a very tight knot or bun at the back of her head. When she turned... I saw her dark, piercing eyes. She was the very same lady in my dream. The exact same lady in my dream. A man at the table spoke. The lady in white turned from coffee, from coffee pot, put her hands on her hips, looked at the man, and shook her head, no, no, very slowly at him. Each time one of the men said something, the lady in white reacted to them with the exact same movements she had made in my dream. When she went to the men's table, she stood hands on hips, then she shook her finger at them as she slowly shook 
as she slowly shook her head no no at them. Then she turned and went back to the coffee pot. I could not take my eyes off of her, nor could I speak. I just sat there in that booth and watched as she repeated every move and motion she had made in my dream toward those men. Finally, after what seemed a ages to me, she stood over the men's table, hands on hips, looking at them. Then she slowly shook her head, no, no, as she pointed her shaking finger at them. And then she turned and walked to the door to the cafe kitchen. There she stopped, as in my dream, by my bedroom door, turned and once again shook her finger at the men. Then she walked to their table again and repeated her same motions as she looked down at those four men. Then she turned and walked across the room, her footsteps resounding behind her. She went through the cafe door, my kitchen door, and the door slammed shut. Behind the closed doors, I could hear her footsteps as she crossed the floor. Next, I heard another door slam, my outside garage door in my dream and the lady in white was gone. The exact same lady that was in my dream, but was very much alive in there in that cafe where we stopped to eat our breakfast at. Now she was gone again, and I sat there paralyzed from this experience I had just had. I simply could not believe what I had just seen there in that cafe. That lady in white that was in my dream, the exact same clothes, the exact same motions, the exact same everything, exactly as she had gone to, done to me in my dream, only this time it was to the four men at the table across the room from me. I was terrified. Now she was gone. Someone was talking to me. I could hear them talking to me. Are you all right? Are you all right? They were asking. Yes, I'm all right. I heard myself answer the voices. The girl had brought our order, and she and my husband were asking me if I was all right. I really wasn't, but I said I was anyways. My hand shook as I tried to drink my coffee. Are you sure you're all right? My husband asked again and again and again as I attempted to eat my breakfast. When I shoved my uneaten food away from me, my husband said, Are you sick? You look so pale. I'm okay, I answered as I held my coffee cup with both hands to keep it from shaking as I attempted to drink it. As soon as he finished his breakfast, I suggested we hit the road again and not linger over another cup of after-breakfast coffee, which, by the way, was very unlike my granny. She loved her coffee. <laughs> I wanted out of that cafe. I was afraid that Lady in White just might come back, and I didn't want to even see her again. I didn't want to ever see her again. All that trip, he worried about me. I was not all right, and he knew it. He just didn't know what had happened to me, and I couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell him about the Lady in White for a long, long time. And yes, he believed me when I did finally tell him what happened to me. He said he knew something had happened to me in that cafe, but he just couldn't figure out what had happened. We made several trips to San Antonio to see our son and his family while he was stationed there. Never, never did we eat at that cafe again. 
I was afraid the lady in white may still be there, and I did not want to see her again. Not ever, ever again. <laughs> to this day, when I tell my story of the lady in white to others, my blood runs cold, and I get chills, and big goosebumps come up all over me. I get an eerie feeling. Who was that lady in white in that cafe? And what was she doing in my dream? Scary? You bet it was. Took me 17 years to get up enough courage to write my story. And she's just as real to me now as she was 17 years ago when it happened. Bonnie. That's crazy. I, that you would have insane? not been able to keep me out, out of that, that diner. Cafe. Yeah. Like, I would have... I would have meddled. I would have gone up and been like, hey, who are you? Are you okay? Don't get in that car. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like. Because it's literally a mirrored. A mirrored incident. Yeah. And so it just makes me wonder, like me and my my mother, my mother, my mother, <laughs> my mom and I were so formal. No. <laughs> my mom and I were discussing it whenever she gave me the photocopy. Um, for me to share on the podcast and we were just like was it a ghost was it some kind of weird wormhole time continuum was it like a glimpse into the future was it some kind of overlap of dimensions and time like a wrinkle in time they're oh my gosh like I want to know your thoughts on it because we exhausted ourselves the possibilities and we just chalked it up to the women in our family are just freaks (laughs) well not freaks i okay my hypothesis Mm -hmm. first you have a problem (laughs) and then you make a guess and you know it's called a hypothesis (laughs) schoolhouse rock Thank a round of applause. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, I'll be here next week. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I'll be here hi- to applause more. What's your hypothesis? <laughs> so, my, my hypothesis is that, you know, um, some people, whether folks believe it or not, there are some people that are more in tuned with the weird shit that goes on, you know. Um, I definitely absolutely believe that there are some people that can see possible, possible futures, not dead set. Cause there's no future that's dead set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it sounds like she was not somebody that practiced a lot. No. I, it's, I feel like it's safe to say that she probably was not a, um, practitioner. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, she probably had the ability to be able to see things that happened that would possibly happen. Um, and, but since she didn't practice it, that those skills weren't super honed in on. So she was, instead of seeing like going to sleep, having that dream and seeing the entire diner set up, she just saw that main character in her bedroom. In her bedroom. Because, you know, where the chest of drawers were, that's where the coffee was set up. Where the bed was and where she was, that's where the four men were setting. So, I think that she probably was able to see, like I said, possible futures. Prophetic dreams. Exactly. Um, but she just hasn't hadn't honed in on that skill or acknowledged that skill even enough to see the entire picture 
So she was just able to focus on just that main character. Which makes me super curious as to why the fuck did she see that main character? What ha- I want to know so... And I know we'll never find out. But I want to know so bad what happened to that lady. What happened? What, why did my granny see her? What was the... Does it have the date that that... Um, she wrote this down October 4th of 1989. This incident happened in 1972. Because I want to... I'm going to Google Howlettsville. And see what kind of diners you could find. And see, like, what happened. Ooh, this is going to turn into a fucking investigation thing. Oh, oh my land. <laughs> Here comes Ashley and Christie's forensic files. <laughs> There's going to be a podcast done in a hotel somewhere around Howlettsville. I can almost guarantee it. Oh, Ashley... Ashley, oh, I just got, I got the goose. So did I. I think we need to do this. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to do it. I we have to. Okay, but I'm a little because like, I'm my a little face scared. And everything. Are you getting gooseys like everywhere? Because I'm yeah. feeling them just ricocheting from my toes to the top of my head. Yeah. Because while Granny didn't hone in on dinability, yeah. I mean, it's pretty prevalent in my life. Right. So, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's okay that you're scared. It's okay. <laughs> You'll be okay. No, but, like, I don't want to interact with anybody. I know. Like, anybody connected to the lady in white. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see if we can figure out what happened to her. See if maybe there was some kind of incident. Like what that, if there was a car accident? Yeah, like, my, like if my granny was supposed to have helped her or something right. or if or maybe it was nothing yeah i mean but. it could have just been seeing shit right like seeing a future event that had no correlation to her but right. it just played out or like deja vu whenever i've had deja vu so like minuscule where i'll be like walking through a mall or whatever, and I'll see the same people, like, cross each other's paths. And I'm like, oh, wow, deja vu. I don't know those fucking people. It lasted for 30 seconds, you know? Um, I mean, it could be just an intense deja vu, but I really want to fucking look into this. So like, are we taking a road trip? Is this what I'm hearing? Yes, we have to. <laughs> ah! I'm so excited! Okay, well then, let's do it. Okay, yay! Okay, you're going to have to hold my hand. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay. And then can I laugh whenever you squeal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to. Yeah. There's, I yeah. just have to. It's, That's how I'm wired. It's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! I'm so excited! Because I usually laugh at myself after I squeal, <laughs> so I'll be laughing with you. Right. So you heard it here, folks. That's a good freaking idea. That's a good idea. We could do, like, we'll a keep little bonus updated. episode. Yeah. Ooh. I know. What is interesting night we've had. Right. For real. It took a whole bunch of different turns and stuff. It did, and we still ended up in San Antonio. We did, and I wasn't even. I, and I've read this before. Yeah, yeah. And completely. I didn't even realize that it was. I didn't even because I didn't reread this because I knew that your story centered around San Antonio because you That's talked where to I me. Was. Yeah, you talked to me on your way home the other night. Yeah, but um, yeah, this has just been sitting in like my file my file box for about two months now. Yeah. That's super crazy. I want to look and see how far Hallettsville is. I think it's about an hour to an hour and a half away from 
the location I was at. Let's see. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Um, it's a little close. Floresville is a little bit closer to San Antonio than Hallettsville is. Because don't they have, like, archives at libraries and stuff of, like, buildings and yeah. the history of them and stuff? Like, surely we can find... Surely, don't call me Shirley, but surely we can find <laughs> some kind of information about some kind of diner, diner, there, cafes, cafes in seventy two. Yeah, shit. Maybe it's even still. Oh, what if it is still there? I mean, that's my hope. <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. I mean, but it's, so Hallettsville is small. Yes, Hallettsville is very small. Um, so definitely, it's not going to be hard to find the diner. Um, or at least to find where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big chance it's not going to still be there, but with it being a small town, there's also a big chance that it's still there. Um, I'm fucking stoked. My mind is like racing to like, I know it's a stretch, but if we happen to have any listeners in the San Antonio, Hallettsville area that might have any kind of inkling right. about anything, um, email us at auditittiespod. Is it auditittiespot at gmail.com? Yeah. I never know our email address. But, yeah, shoot us an email if you're in that area and you happen to have any information. I know it's a stretch, but, right. hey, they're cracking cases wide open with this release of Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. So, oh, that's true. I heard about that. So maybe this will be our Unsolved Mystery. We can finally crack the case of the lady in white for Great Granny. Oh, man. At least figure out who she was or what happened yeah. to her. That's all I really want to know. At least have a name. Yeah. Because it's not my gray lady. No. Not or a picture. I would love to see a picture of her. Oh, wow. Ooh. 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 <laughs> For some reason, I picture her German. I do, too. Or I feel like she is of German descent. Um, whenever she was saying tall. Right. Because um, my best friend Jackie, her grandmother, her great-grandmother was Italian. I mean, was German. And her great-grandfather was Italian. And so she was a big German woman, and he was a little Italian man. And um, fun for him. Oh, it. There's some funny stories. There's some funny, funny stories with them. So Ashley, first of all, we do need to come back eventually and do our Stonewall episode. I agree. That we didn't get to do because I came down with the plague three days after we decided we were going <laughs> to right. do Stonewall. <laughs> Literally, we recorded on Sunday and then Wednesday I died. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we need to come back to that. But I think that we need to find another time when it would be... There has to be an appropriate time for yeah, that story. Absolutely. Because it's, it's so important and we don't want to just do it because we said we were going to do it. Like, we want to do it whenever it's appropriate. Yeah. So, we'll get to that eventually. We promise. Um, just like our drunk aliens, as soon as public pools are open back <laughs> Right. Right. Um, well, my apartment pool is open, but I don't necessarily know that I want to go to it right now. No, thank you. So, um, we'll Kids get are also out of school. We'll get to drunk so aliens. Even if we just have to day drink in my apartment, it's fine. <laughs> Perfect. We'll figure it out. <laughs> But we will get to Drunk Aliens 
because we decided we were going to do that before the world ended. And then we were going to do Stonewall before I ended. And we promise we're not forgetting about these things, you guys. There's a method to our madness. Yes. Um, But we have a special delight for what we're going to do next week. Yes. Next week, we're going to cover doppelgangers. I, and I, this, (sighs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) whenever, you know, usually people hear about doppelgangers, they just think about a person that looks exactly like you. And I recently found out that it's a little deeper than that. And it's actually pretty fucking creepy and it makes me wildly uncomfortable. So naturally I'm obsessed with it. You've really got to watch Twin Peaks. I, I will, I will do that again. I will attempt season one again. Season one and two are very comforting. Yeah. Season three is gonna fuck you up. Cool. All about the doppelganger. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I I do have a couple of true stories. um, Documented true stories of... Ooh. Yeah. um, Not personal stories. Right, right. But I do have documented true stories of doppelgangers or possible doppelgangers. Um... I promise to not go down too many David Lynch rabbit holes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's next week. Um, it's going to be super awesome, super creepy. Uh, if any of y'all have any stories that aren't related to Twin Peaks, no offense, but we want to keep them as real as possible. Please. Um, or as researched <laughs> as possible. And uh, yeah, email us again at audititiespod at gmail.com. Go find us on Facebook. We do still have a Facebook page. Auditities and Clitorosities podcast is on Facebook. Yes. We're going to. We have come back alive, so we'll start posting it's again. Live! <laughs> we promise we're, we're back now. And thank you so much for your patience and for sticking with us. And, and we've missed y'all. Love y'all. We talk about you all the time. All the time. All the time. Obsess. Hashtag obsess. We're a little codependent for our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) It was great talking with y'all again, and we will see y'all next week. Unpleasant dreams and happy hauntings, darklings. Bye.